Hello listeners and welcome back to our fifth installment in our exploration of why media matters, a limited series podcast on the foundational importance of media to world culture. Through our exploration so far, we have examined three different forms of media, ranging from video games to social media. However, for today's episode, I wanted to look at a different kind of media. The kind of media that has such a tremendous impact on the way the world works in totality. I'm talking about the internet. The internet has revolutionized the entire way we do anything as a world. The internet has perhaps been the defining innovation of the last 40 years, truly coming to its own in the 21st century. Two people who have grown up with it, it's a normal thing, and honestly, we take it for granted. We now do everything on the internet, from something as mundane as shopping, finding a partner. Everything that is done now is done on the internet. Joining me today to talk about the internet, is Connor Wood, a student on the track of a pre-law degree. Connor, I want to welcome you to the show, uh, Why Media Matters, a limited series podcast on the foundational importance of media to world culture. Thank you. Very happy to be here. Great. Um, So, Connor, how has the internet changed your life? Well, it's difficult to imagine a life without the internet, I suppose, because it's been so integral towards everything that I have pursued. my first major job was working at a summer camp where I did video production and most of what I know about that I taught myself. I used to do stop motion uh, Lego videos and post those on the internet. So that was how I got feedback with technique and without that it would have been a hobby but I couldn't look at other people's work, couldn't expand on my own repertoire so it would have definitely hobbled my ability to pursue that passion of mine and it has with my field of research being history I have access to a lot of resources that I might not otherwise have access to I can look up academic papers on pretty much any topic and get it at a moment's notice which is something that in the age before computers certainly I know that my field has always struggled with because it's such a mess of papers and notes and essays and whatnot. And I mean that's why the Dewey Decimal System was invented in the first place too to try to kind of help with that and I mean the archives that I've gone to they most of them have certainly been a mess of just pretty much anything that they could find and haven't really had a good organizational system for it and I think that the internet has helped a lot with that personally Um, this massive coming together of all the information of collective human knowledge basically it has yeah with the archives especially uh, whereas before you might have to spend days combing through archives to find a specific file that you need Uh, even our school archives if you want to find information on a certain topic with it it's so much easier to do it now because we have the online resources where you can look it up and find what you're looking for in uh, moments time as opposed to days time yeah that is is definitely true do you think that the internet has made people susceptible sorry susceptible to suggestion I don't know if it's made people more suggestible or if it has uh, increased confirmation bias because there's a lot more information at your fingertips that you can easily agree with 
you can go looking for that which you want to agree with. So it would be confirmation bias to say that it increases confirmation bias, but um, it's it, it while it has the ability to put out a lot more information, it equally has the ability to put out a lot more disinformation or misinformation. So something that is wrong and with academics especially there is a vicious cycle where a news outlet will put out a piece of news and not cite any sources and that other news outlets will cite that as a source and so on and so forth and following the page of blue links simply leads you to no original source and it'll instead just lead you back to where you ended up in the first place because they'll each keep building on top of each other and so information can appear out of nowhere and validate itself because other things reference it. Yeah, that actually definitively leads into my next question really well. Um, do you think that the ability to have constant access to information almost all the time has put us at a disadvantage for choosing to be so well informed? How do you mean that access constantly... That access leads to disinformation? I'm I'm a bit more of an optimist on this than I might sound. Uh, certainly disinformation is super easy to come by and people with malicious intent are able to spread disinformation at will and with little to no repercussion. But I'm more optimistic in that I believe the possibilities surrounding actual information and just the availability of it um, not quite a survival of the fittest approach, but information that is more right and more accurate will eventually win out on the basis of its own merit, rather than... Uh, I'd take... Wikipedia is a good example, actually, because... I was going to ask you about that later. <laughs> Wikipedia, Wikipedia is a fantastic example of it, because it's a basically crowdsourced information of everything, and it has very strict rules about what you can post and credibility and fact-checking, so it's... It's certainly hopeful in terms of the greater access to uh, not human knowledge of what that can look like. So do you think in the confines of law that the internet can be a hindrance in getting the information that you need to, in order to build a good case for a client? I would disagree with that statement strongly, actually. Uh, law is a very particular and strange field and it is not always information that is whether or not a piece of information is true is not always uh, pertaining to law sometimes law is more about the nuances of the actual law as opposed to the information about a case and this is just with case law uh, with information more readily available it's not necessarily a help or a hindrance. Um, for prospective law students, the ability to search up any law case online, like a Supreme Court case or a, a law put forth by legislature, if you want to look up something like that for a student, it's 100% a boon because you can have that information readily available for free plus analysis of it. But say you're making a case or you're making you say you're defending someone or your prosecution for the most part the logistics of an individual case 
you're not going to find on the internet. So, I, I don't know. I'm, I would think that having access to the internet or having it as a tool is beneficial just because the world of law is so different from what you might think of with other fields like science or philosophy, maybe. I mean, that definitely makes sense. I mean, it was just a question that I had about law in general, basically. I mean, I've seen so much stuff coming out that the internet is just destroying law cases because of what people have said in the past about their own actions. So I didn't know if from the perspective of uh, hopefully a law student one day, hopefully <laughs> that you would have some insight on that issue. One issue, I don't plan on going into case law. I plan on going into uh, legislature, so more... Uh, so then going into Yeah, more, more into government. But with I know with case law, it has presented an interesting challenge for juries. Uh, jury selection can be impacted by what someone has said on social media in the past. And I think with access to the internet or social media more specifically, opinionated people are much more common. Rarely will you have someone who has no opinion on an issue, and with a jury that is what you need, or at least it's what you're hoping for. So I can imagine that it has caused a couple lawyers to pull their hair out with, uh, pull, they go to select a juror and they think they're fantastic and then they find some old, they find some old internet comment that completely invalidates them as a juror, or Maybe with a client that they're defending, they've said something in the past that uh, there have been a couple, what is it, uh, a couple cases in the news where there will be someone who is on charge for a crime and their past tweets say something indicating that they would very much do that crime. So. Yeah, that, I mean, that definitely makes sense. Um, so. The internet itself was created to be this massive repository of knowledge. And on this note, if the internet were to no longer exist or just stop working, do you think that it would be possible for us to have an archive of the internet, essentially, as it is one of the most important resources that the world has right now? I think it would be possible. It'd be very difficult. It would be a tremendous undertaking, but most of the information stored on the internet can be accessed through other means. I mean, articles, anything that's just text can be written down or perhaps printed out, but some resources such as audio, video, those would be a bit more difficult to store, to recreate, or to archive somehow. Um, I, <laughs> I haven't put too much thought into it because if the internet were to suddenly stop working, I'm pretty sure we'd witness society-level collapses just because uh, the main communication medium of the majority of the population would disappear and many services rely on the internet. I mean, especially in the age of services, COVID. It's businesses, too. I mean, it's yeah. businesses. It's basically the entire world now relies on the internet to do basically everything yeah i mean the internet didn't exist there was a time so mechanisms such as phone books phone calls i mean uh classic directories libraries 
older means of information storage and networking would still work, but the internet has uh, combined networking and information as well as uh, accelerated the process and simplified it. So it would be it would be catastrophic. <laughs> so I wanna I wanna take it back to what you said just a minute ago about how it would be extremely difficult to archive it. Mm -hmm. But in your own opinion, is it possible to do it? And if so, what would you want to be in that archive? I think it's very possible to do it. Uh, the Internet Archive is an Internet page that exists. And of course, if the Internet were to go down, then uh, access to that archive would be difficult. However, their servers, unless this is like a civilization-wide power outage, uh, their servers would still be running. So they would still archive the Internet as it exists and as it has existed. But I'm not just talking about archiving it in its current form. I'm talking about like real archiving it. Like transcribing physical cop digital copies into physical so that there's evidence of this hmm. i i would be hesitant to say that it's completely possible i'm sure in the same vein of archivists looking at some pieces of information thinking this just isn't worth transcribing which my archivist friends might shudder at me saying that but it it does happen there are I can imagine that there are internet pages, uh, there's information that just would not need to be preserved, but uh, it, would be a, it would be a mammoth responsibility to, and a task that would have to be some sort of international unified effort, I believe, just from the sheer amount of manpower and man hours required. So yes, technically, I believe it would be possible, but it would be so difficult and time-consuming. It would be basically the undertaking of the millennia. Yeah, it would be so hard to pull off and require so much work. When you think of the fact that a website as simple as, uh, you know, a, a business website has at least five to six subpages. You think of that, multiply that by how many businesses there might be with more subpages, something like... Wikipedia, if you wanted to document not just the information that Wikipedia has, but Wikipedia itself, that would be a nightmare following. To, you would fall down a single rabbit hole of blue links and you'd never come back. Exactly. So, on the Wikipedia note, hmm. what is your opinion of Wikipedia? And why do you think that there's such a stigma around it when it comes to academic research? I personally love Wikipedia and from an academic standpoint I also love Wikipedia I'm very much in favor of crowdsourcing and more importantly making freely available information so Wikipedia has its problems of course the common or er, excuse me the tragedy of the commons is known in politics, a, a resource that is used by everyone. And in this case, if anybody can edit it, then people can put things that are untrue or perhaps uh, blatantly false, deliberately false. They can edit that and put it into Wikipedia. But 
like I mentioned before, Wikipedia has imposed strict rules. They have a community of volunteers that curate articles and fact check things, and there is an entire standard of posting on Wikipedia, similar to how when writing an essay, you know, you have the Chicago Manual of Style or the APA Manual of Style. Wikipedia has its own, and it's very thorough. So the stigma against it, I think, comes from its early days, where it was less policed, it was less reliable, it hadn't quite found its footing yet as a serious source of knowledge. And also stigma comes against it with that it's a tertiary source. It is the accumulation of other knowledgeable secondary or uh, meta sources. So it's the, it is the ultimate uh, meta source because it takes other people's research and information and all uh, primary, secondary, and tertiary sources and compiles them in a digestible article. I mean, certainly, yeah. Um, Connor, I really want to thank you for your time today. And your insight has been illuminating, especially, and extremely helpful for me and my listeners on our exploration of why media matters. Um, there was just one other thing that I wanted to ask you. Do you believe, currently, that the internet is almost on par with the fictional library of Alexandria. In terms of importance of knowledge? In terms of both importance of knowledge and cultural significance. Yeah, I would I would put it on board with that. It's, of course, the library of Alexandria, conceptually, we attribute it more towards the standard of knowledge at the time, when historically its significance wasn't that great. But if you're thinking about conceptually how the Library of Alexandria is understood as the the sum of all knowledge, I think the internet is certainly that. I think it's, uh, and in a good way too, not just a... <laughs> there's, not just in a bad social nah, media. Yeah, the, the internet can be a pretty pretty terrible place, and there's many things about it that I don't like. However, I'm of the opinion that its benefits strongly outweigh its detriments. Perfect. Connor, I want to thank you very much for your time today. It has been extremely helpful. Of course, thank you for having me. In the course of our study, the topics we look at all end up relating back to one another in a scale hitherto undreamt of. The course of history dictates the media we study in our exploration, however it may take course. Right now, the internet is the most powerful tool in the arsenal of media. It is the engine of news and of history. It is also the most powerful teacher. Anything you wish to know is simply a few keystrokes away from your mind. The simple and truthful success of this media is simply attributed to the users who wanted to make the world connected. And this is how they did it, by creating in essence the digital library of Alexandria. The internet itself is both an archive and a resource, only as valuable as the world itself. This is why the internet matters, because it's quite literally the repository of knowledge for the human race and human history. This has been Why Media Matters, 
an exploration of media to the importance of world culture. As always, I've been your host, Avi.